What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And I put it up to a vote. I left it up to you guys. I asked, which player would you like me to see do the season review on next? You guys voted Zach Levine. So that's who we're gonna do that who we're gonna do today. We're gonna cover Zach Levine's season, give a review of his season. I'm also gonna use this as an opportunity to go more in detail about Zach Levine's potential contract, what it could mean for any potential sign and trades. Um the length of the deal that it may be. We're going to get into some very heavy cap things on this episode, so be on the lookout for that towards the back end of the episode, but we'll start it off with a review of Zach Levine's season, so we're going to get into all of that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So we're going to get into Zach Levine, as I said, but first I want to go over the last couple of polls that we posted. So these last couple of ones were uh, asking how you guys felt about Javante Green's season and Nikola Vucevic's season. So out of 727 votes, we had 62% that rated Javante Green's season, uh, graded it at a B. 20% graded it as a C, 15% graded it as a A, and then we had um, 1% for D, 1% for F. Uh, you, we know Bulls fans, we very much respect Javante Green for what he was able to give, the intensity, the playing out of position, uh, just the everything, the energy um, that Javante Green played the season with. This, uh, re this, this grade falls very much in line with how I expected Bulls fans to feel about Javante Green's season. And so, you know, Javante gets a lot of respect from Bulls fans, rightfully so. Just what he did with the heart and determination in the team that, you know, we talked about may have not had as much grit as we wanted to see from a Chicago Bulls team. Javante Green brought all of that. Now, one that's even more interesting, they got more votes. So I put up a poll. This is the player that we reviewed last uh, last episode and gave a grade to. This is Nikola Vucevic's contract. So out of 827 votes, 61% gave it a C. And that's fair. That's that's I understand that. Another 30% gave it a B, 2% gave it an A, 6% gave it a D, and 1% gave it an F. Nikola Vucevic's season, I know it's one that that is really galvanizing when it comes to uh conversing in the Bulls community, but I do like to see that more level-headed Bulls fans voted in a in a proper way, giving Nikola um a 61% at at a C grade makes sense and that's something that i really you know i'm happy that bulls fans graded it in the way that they did and really were able to you know it wasn't too negative even in the comments of it it wasn't too negative a lot of level-headedness i think taking some time and stepping back away from the season um also helps to give some perspective on nikola vucevic's season and things like that but let's get into the player that we're here to talk about today. This is going to be an episode that's very heavily into Zach Levine's season. We're going to talk about Zach Levine's pending uh, contract extension or new contract and what happens there. We're also going to get into what it means and it could mean for the Bulls salary cap going into next season. We're going to get heavily into those details. But first, I want to go over Zach Levine's stats for this season. So just the raw numbers, 24 points per game, 4.5 assists per game, 4.6 rebounds for, per game. And on the percentages, he shot it 47.6% um, from, from the overall from the, th from the field, 38.9% uh, from the, the three-point range, and then 85.3% from the free throw percentage. Now, I've said it before, and I think sometimes Bulls fans forget that the elite offensive numbers is, are the 50, 40, 90 players. That's where you get into elite offensive efficiency. Zach Levine, even in a season dealing with knee, back, thumb issues over the course of the most part of the season, playing 67 games this season, which is the most games that he's played in a Bulls uniform, um, 
and that you know some of that is due to to shortened seasons and things like that. So we understand that, but um, and also thirty four point seven minutes per game, which is up there with uh, I think that's his second highest or third highest total since he's been in the Bulls uniform as well. So all that coming in again. Keep in mind that elite place being the 50, 40, 90 player, Zach Levine is close to that. Now, the 24.4 points per game, yes, we want to see that be higher, especially if you're going to be a max player and, and be the number one. And we also know with Zach Levine taking a bit of a backseat to DeMar DeRozan, while those numbers drop some, even though at, at the beginning of the season when they were both on before Zach Levine ran to any injuries, he wasn't that far off from DeMar DeRozan, and his efficiency numbers were even better. Now, one of the things that I do want to talk about here to be fair and with something I know a lot of a lot of fans are going to ask Zach Levine's defensive rating for this season was 116.1 now that is higher um than it was last year where it was 113.5 defensive rating the lower number is the better number so that means that Zach Levine was a little bit was a little bit worse defensively this season and you know not to throw him not to make any caveats or to make any excuses of Zach Levine's knee was only more like like 50% as far as the, the pain level threshold that he was giving, um, then that kind of explains that. But with all that, we know that we need to see better defensive effort from Zach Levine. We know that one of the biggest issues that, that are the sticking points with a lot of Bulls fans with potentially giving Zach Levine the max is his def defense. And, the, and it's a little bit more concerning, too, that Zach Levine has some capability defensively, but he doesn't give the effort consistently de defensively. And that what brings about a lot of issues with, with Zach Levine's defense. Now, to go to the, to the advanced metrics for Zach Levine, he had a PER of 20.8, which is really good PER. Now, that's lower than last year, which was 21.62. Uh, he had a usage rating of 27.9%, which is down almost 3 uh, three percentage points from 30.6 of last season. His assist ratio was actually higher this season for people who were saying that Zach Levine is a ball hog. His assist ratio has actually gone up every year in the last three years, meaning that he is giving the ball up and making better decisions. Now, we all know that Zach Levine's ball handling and, and his basketball IQ definitely needs some work, especially down the stretch, but that's what uh, that's what Lonzo and, and things were here for. Now, his true shooting percentage, he had a true shooting percentage of 60.5%, which is down from 63.4% last season. And, 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 and so that's where Zach Levine sits right now. That's everything with Zach Levine's season. Now, with reviewing Zach Levine's season and giving it a grade, the thing that's most difficult for me is, is knowing just that with that knee issue that he was dealing with, the nagging knee issue, the fact that after the season it came out where he was saying he was he was 80% health, where he really was more like 50% comfort, it's hard not to feel for a player who was in that much discomfort. And I hope that they figured it out. But you know, with that being said, you have to judge what was what was on the court for Zach Levine. Now, it's time for me to give my grade. I gave I gave a lot of information there. Let me give my grade on Zach Levine's season. I'm going to grade Zach Levine's season a solid B-. And I know some Bulls fans, I know they're going to be typing away in the comments right now. How can you give a player that didn't get, did you see the playoffs? Listen, a player with having knee issues, which affects your cutting, which affects everything, the thumb issue that Zach Levine dealt with when we saw his shooting uh, efficiency drop when that happened. Now, the thumb got better over the course of the season. But that, the back issue, which the back issue may be due to overcompensating for the knee, when you look into that, I, I personally have to give Zach a little bit back for that. Now, I will say this. If Zach Levine gave this season and there was no, no injury things at all, it would be a solid C-minus. 
If Zach Levine gave this same type of season and there was no injury concerns, this would be a C-minus season. But I'm going to raise it up a letter grade, B-minus, because if he was truly dealing with that much discomfort for that long with that knee, I personally am going to give him a little, I'm going to throw him a little, a little bit of a bell with that. But I want to hear from you guys down below as we have. I'll put it up with a poll as well to just give a review for Zach Levine's season. But we're going to move into the next thing. I'm going to use this as an opportunity. In the last video, we had an interesting question on just how cap works and the fact of not signing Zach Levine. But I want to get into more details with Zach Levine's contract so we can kind of talk about this, get this all out of the way with Zach Levine. I'm kind of good that Zach Levine is the video that I'm doing. So next week we can focus on Io, Lonzo, other players that we can really do season reviews for. But I'm going to talk about Zach Levine's potential contract. So as we know, Zach Levine has the potential to sign for a five-year max level deal, which would start at $36.2 million per season. And it averaged out over the course of that of that contract. He's, he's eligible for 8% increases, which will raise it up to $212 million contract over the life of that contract. Now, Zach Levine, and this is something that not a lot of people are talking about or reporting on, Zach Levine could potentially sign a shorter contract. He can sign a two plus one with that third year being a player option to get back to free agency sooner and then sign an even larger long-term deal where he makes even more money and takes advantage of that. Now, what that means, and the reason why I do want to point that out is because if Zach, if Zach Levine is that, if that's something that him and his agent are interested in doing is signing that shorter two plus one deal to to get even more money in a couple of years when Zach Levine is, would still be sub 30 if he opts out after that second year, that opens the door more up for Zach Levine to potentially leave in free agency. One of the biggest things that the Bulls do is they can offer more money over the course of raises over the course of the contract. If it's longer, they can also offer more years. If Zach is open to doing a more like a two plus one contract, that does open the door more to free agency. Now, something else that I want to talk about in this is the sign and trade. You hear a lot of sign sign and trade uh, potential for Zach Levine and, you know, the Lakers have been mentioned, other teams have been mentioned. One thing that I also have not seen pointed out a lot that I want to point out here is that a team that is over the tax apron, meaning over that luxury tax apron, cannot receive a player in a sign and trade unless it brings them underneath the tax apron. So what that means, when you have these high, these super high con uh, salary teams like the Lakers, like I believe that would even count out Detroit. I believe somebody correct me if I'm wrong in that in the comments. So again, that el again eliminates that option for, for these signing trades that these ridiculous signing trades that some Bulls fans are offering and even some media outlets are talking about. Because again, the one thing that I always want to do on this channel is educate, but also talk about it from a realistic standpoint. If that team is over the tax apron, they cannot receive a player in a signing trade. So all these rumors you hear about the Los Angeles Lakers and and potentially going there, eliminate that from your mind. By the, by the cap rules and just by the financial outlook of both teams, it's not feasible to happen. Yes, Zach Levine could sign a contract with up to $36.2 million in that starting contract. That could potentially match up as, with some other players for a, 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 um, a Anthony Davis deal, but it's not realistic to happen. They would have to, the deal would have to bring them under that tax apron, which means that the Bulls would have to receive so much more salary than the than the Lakers will receive that the Bulls aren't going to be willing to do that. And to highlight that, and the reason why I want to talk about that, we're going to segue next into the Bulls salary cap outlook for the for the next season. So if Zach Levine signs signs that contract that we talked about. $36.2 million would be a starting salary for next season. We have DeMar for $27.3 million, Vooch for $22 million, Lonzo for $19.5, Caruso for $9 million, uh, uh, Patrick Williams for $7.8, Kobe White for $7.4, 
Uh, Javante Green at 1.8, Marco on Iowa, $1.6 million each. The 18th pick, which has a cap hold in that of th- uh, $3.2 million. The trade, the trade player exception, which is worth $5 million. The mid-level exception, which is worth $6.1 million. And then looking at signing two players for the, for the minimum, which is $1 million each. That would leave the Bulls at $5 million over the luxury tax. And as we know, this Bulls team has not been a team to pay the luxury tax. They paid the luxury tax, I think, once in the course of, of since it's been a thing. So unless Michael Reinsdorf is giving AK and Eversley the okay to go into the luxury tax, we already have to cut some salary. So you're talking about the Bulls taking more salary in a potential sign-in trade? It's not going to happen. And this is another thing that I want to talk about while we're here. This is why when you look at it, right, and we know the Bulls are probably going to use their mid-level exception. We know they're probably going to use the traded player exception because I can't see them letting that expire. The Bulls being $5 million over the salary cap, and I know we're getting salary cap nerdy here, um, with the Bulls being over the salary cap of $5 million, you got to look at it. That all but ensures that Kobe White may be moved this offseason because just moving Kobe White off the books, potentially bringing in a player that makes less than him, or just, you know, if they can trade Kobe for a late first, if they can trade Kobe for whatever they can get him back, if they're not taking in a whole bunch more salary, that eliminates the Bulls being into the luxury tax right there. Now, some Bulls fans, I know they're going to sit there and ask, hey, well, why, if we're trying to be a championship team, why won't we go into the luxury tax? And we very well, very well may. If this team can improve enough and AK and Eversley can do enough, they may say, the Ryan Service must say, hey, go ahead. It's okay. Let's get into the luxury tax. We think what you built here is, is at least close enough to being a championship team. We're going to approve a season of being into the luxury tax. Let's see what we do. If we don't make it far, we may need you guys to cut a lot of salary, which then Vooch's contract comes off the following year, things like that. It, it, it may be possible. But with all things even and all things that we know so far with how this team is run, it really does point to the fact that Kobe White's time as a Chicago Bulls player may be coming to an end. Now, another thing that could eliminate that, we know that with everything that I just listed, we will be $5 million over the luxury tax. Now, the trade, the trade, play, the trade exception that we have is worth $5 million. So potentially the Bulls could let that, that trade exception expire and then we wouldn't be in the luxury tax. Everything else stays the same, potentially. I want to go over all options here. But this is where the Bulls stand at if Zach Levine does resign. And I know there are going to be some players in the comments saying, hey, this points more towards us not resigning Zach Levine. But again, you lose that money. You, you, you can't use that same amount of money to then go out there and try to sign a different player. Sorry, still getting over being sick. Um, so that's where everything sits. This is probably the most detailed cap conversation we've had here on this channel since it's been around. But I want to hear from you guys. I threw a lot of information out at you guys. I want to hear from you guys. What do you think? How do you feel about this? Does, do, hearing the numbers and the breakdowns, what does that make you feel about this team going into the free agency and what moves that they do? Do you think that we finally are a team that ends up having to pay the luxury tax this season? I want to hear it all from you guys on this one. Thank you for supporting the channel. Um, keep getting those comments in. We're going to keep using them, keep building this community out. I want to hear from you guys on this one. Make sure you're following the podcast at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and or voicemail to be played on the podcast, you can do so at 773-270-2799. Thank you guys for sitting through this very detailed look as far as as much detail as I've given on the cap situation for the Chicago Bulls. See red, don't be red. Go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. 
has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. 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 Media.